This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome along to this podcast. I was joined once again by virtuoso guitarist Kel to talk about another virtuoso guitarist and an incredible band in the Rolling Stones. What a career into the seventh decade. Enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show weeknights 8 through 10 here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is the night shift on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back. Now, question time. What band formed in 1962 is still together today? <laughs> to answer that question uh, for the first time in 2024, we welcome guitarist Kel to our studios. Last week, we were looking at the Bee Gees, uh, but they're youngsters compared to these lads. Mere nippers, aren't they? They're mere, mere nippers. nippers, for sure. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, um, studio albums, 31. Live albums, 13. Singles, 122 formed in 1962, getting into the seventh decade. They are, and it's the one and only, the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. It could only be, couldn't it? And of course, <laughs> they've just recently released an album towards the end of, of last year, which is is rocking, yeah. I'm sure, as much as the first one is, you know? It really is, yeah. And it was their first album for, I think, 18 years, Hackney Diamonds. Yeah. And uh, I remember the, the lead into it, they was doing like these little cryptic ads in like the Hackney Times and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the thing with the Stones amongst all of these bands, which have kept going is the fact that they just love and adore music. They've all had side projects. Mick Jagger's just like a freak of nature with his energy, and he's still, you watch him now, and he still is passionate about just playing music, and I think that's what drives them completely. How do they completely. do it? How, you it's know. just a love of music, I think. That's because, like, Keith Richards as well, he has side bands. He has to play you know, and I think that's it. I remember spend, uh, speaking to a friend of mine a while ago and he was saying, they don't need the money. Why do they do it? And I kind of thought about it and went, well, look at what they get to do. They get to play in front of hundreds of thousands of people in these huge stadiums. And as a musician, that's what you want. <laughs> what, what else is it going to do? Sit home and crochet? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a look at this band's incredible catalogue, starting with this. Starting off our look at uh, the Rolling Stones, recorded back in 1981 from that album Tattoo You. And um, uh, apparently 4 million streaming, estimates vary, but 
<laughs> it's a lot of strings. <laughs> but in the words of Keith Richards, this started out as a reggae group. Yeah, right? yeah, it was a fascinating story behind it. It's when they originally, it was about five years before they actually released it. Is it was originally a reggae film, and one of the things they're known for, especially Keith Richards, is continually recording and re-recording and re-recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was about forty-five takes, them playing it reggae, and then just in one of the breaks. They just did a rock version, did like another 40 versions of it, and then totally forgot it. Randomly, Mick Jagger found the old demos, found this rock version, and brought it back and said, this is amazing, and then played it back to Keith. And Keith went, when did I do that? So that works really well. And interestingly enough from this, a lot of their live shows, this is what they start with. And I've seen them a few times, and what a belter of a song. to to One, it's a belter of a song, but to start a live show... Just absolutely fantastic. Tell me where you've seen them and, uh, and the lineups. Yeah, I've seen them. Uh, I saw them first at Wembley Stadium, sort of back in the day. And then I've seen them when they was at Abu Dhabi. Uh, and again, I, in fact, I preferred the Abu Dhabi show. I think Wembley Stadium's a bit, it's almost a bit too big. It's a bit impersonal. Whilst right, Abu Dhabi right. is big, yeah. it just, just seemed to kind of sit in the crowd a lot more. But that was probably about 25 years apart same amount of energy <laughs> the the bands are so because they've pretty much kept the same band since the 70s you know after Bill Wyman sort of departed in the 80s they had a, a, like an amazing jazz bassist called Daryl Jones who's been with them ever since and I think that's also what makes them so powerful is like the kind of and the guys that play the keyboards in the background they've been with them for years yeah there's no slouches in that band no. are there no uh, not at all apparently at all. Um, I was reading the other day on my entertainment show in the afternoon that they're uh, recruiting um, a, a young lady who played the lead of Tina Turner in um, in the uh, West End show to go on ah. tour with them with Hackney Diamonds so um, that would be amazing because yeah. <laughs> they, I think Lady Gaga's on the album as well and when they like some of the songs they do and uh, what's well, that famous Live Aid uh, where Mick Jagger sang with with Tina Turner yeah yeah yeah, yeah that would be amazing and it would, it just gives them I think bringing these people in for them gives them another kind of lease of life it's like there's more energy coming in they just feed off it away they go.
looking at the music of uh, the Rolling Stones, another one of their biggest hits, of course. Um, Satisfaction, 1965. 15 million and counting, 6.1 million physical and streaming. Uh, amazing figures. But uh, this was actually written for someone else, wasn't it? It was, yeah. The way Keith Richards thought of it originally was that, that main riff, dun, 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 yeah, yeah. as a horn line. And if you remember around it, I mean, it's released in 65, so you had all of that wonderful Stax music. But halfway through the recording, Gibson gave him this brand new pedal, which was called a fuzz tone. And really, like this distorted guitar sound, really wasn't wasn't kind of there back in the day. So it's a brand new pedal. So he'd written it like thinking it was going to be like for, for Otis Redding. They re-recorded it with the fuzz tone thing. They went on tour thinking they'll pick mm. it up and thought it was just a demo. Otis Redding released it, but then off the back of that, their record company released it. And they were like, hang on a minute, that's our demo version. Why, why, why have you done that? And uh, and he actually prefers the Otis Redding version because in his mind, that's, that's what how he, he heard the riff. But it's one of, for guitarists, it's one of the most iconic guitarists, guitar sounds. But if you listen to it, you can kind of almost hear it as a Stax, a Stax kind of yeah. version as well. Yeah, yeah. So this fuzz. Fu- yeah, fuzz. yeah, yeah. Fuzz tone. Fuzz they, tone. Yeah, you didn't really have like kind of distortion pedals as you do today you don't yeah. didn't have that big distorted sound it was people like overdriving the amps so it just happened to be one of these new pedals which gibson delivered to him in the studio and he just plugged it in it made that kind of like kind of wasp spinner in a tin yeah. can kind yeah. of thing but so iconic could have been the horns but yeah, yeah but it turned out it was the guitar i've been reading as well that um he tunes his guitar yeah. in a certain way is it different than every other guitar yeah, player yeah he, yeah he does he's it's he he's very famous for playing five strings instead of six and he has a thing what's called open g tuning so all of the notes all of the strings of the guitar are tuned to a chord so when you play it without putting any fingers on it, it's like a G chord. Okay. So that comes from blues because a lot of blues players used to do that and do slide guitar, which is like a kind of glass tube thing that yeah, you can yeah, slide I've up and down that. the string. So I think it kind of comes from that. And it's a very, very well-known tuning, this, this open tuning. But because you have these different sort of notes now on the guitar, when you kind of move your fingers around, you get these wonderful, wonderful tones. And he removed the sixth string because he didn't want the kind of low end because he's a very rhythmic guitar player and that really comes out so it kind of gave him the punch and allowed him to kind of come up with these beautiful textured chords that, that underpins everything the stones is but yeah that's the sound it's uh it's that telecaster that five string that tuning and of course keith and yeah i, I mean how do you rate him as a guitar player well he's just completely unique he's he's one of these people that kind of he plays behind the beat in front of the beat but it's just the feel and the attitude and the sound he gets. There's there's no one like him, you know. Mm. And it's just he's he's very heavily influenced by blues, which you can hear and when you see him playing live. But he's it's so understated what he plays. It, it's a real masterclass of of less is more and just pure mm. feel. Because technically, it may not be that tricky. Uh, and in fact, one of one of my best friends back home, I'll give him a name check, Pete Wilson, when we was growing up, he was really into that. I was into Steve Vai. And I tried, you know, so I was into the Widley stuff. I tried to play Keith Richards stuff. <laughs> Can't play it anywhere as good as my friends can for Keith, just with the five strings. But he just copped the feel. You know, it's one of those things you, do, you don't think... It just it just purely comes yeah. from him. It's, wow. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Nice stuff. Uh, we're going to come back with Kel, uh, hear some more from the Rolling Stones and some more great stories as well behind these songs. You're 
listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, we are talking the music of the Rolling Stones, the music and also the, the whole spectacle of, of this <laughs> band that's getting its seventh decade. And um, as you say, Kel, live, absolutely yeah. incredible, you know. It's the energy. And I've seen, uh, I've also seen Mick Jagger solo live because um, he's done quite a few of his own solo yeah. albums. Yeah. And again, I think it's the whole thing. You've got the energy of Mick Jagger. You've got the swagger of Keith Richards when he comes right, on and just right. plays in his beautifully nonchalant way. And then you've got Ronnie Wood there who's kind of like still kind of the new kid on the block to a degree doing, you know, just putting these beautiful embellishments. Charlie Watts really was yeah. was the engine of the band, and Keith always and said Charlie that. was um, a jazz drummer, wasn't he? Yeah, Original. that's right. Yeah, yeah. He I was. mean, and only had a small kit. He wasn't one of these surrounded by loads of drums. No, no. And Keith always said that, and he said that's what made the Stones is that he had a small kit. He played very, very simply, but the groove he knocks out, no one can do it like Charlie. And and I think, especially coming from a jazz background, which is very complex. And he had his own jazz quartet that yeah. he used to do on the side. Yeah. So to play Stones music and give it that power, you know, that, that yeah. really, really was the engine of the band. So you put those, those together. And again, with Mick Jagger's charismatic mm. dancing and personality... Yeah, just something else live. Now, it's, I mean, a lot of big hits, of course. Yeah. Um, up-tempo hits, big tunes, big rock hits. But they can also um, turn their hand to a ballad. Have a listen to this. So yeah, Angie, and the, the, just the sheer emotion in um, in Jagger's voice there, just awesome. Yeah, and it was interesting um, what you were saying before this segment where we... I'm, I'm one of those idiots <laughs> that doesn't know who this song is about. I thought it was written no. about Angie Bowie. Oh no, this, this was, uh, yeah, no, this was reputedly, because it was written by Keith Richards, written um, about his daughter Angela. Um, but interesting, like Mick Jagger <laughs> as, as a vocalist, with what you were saying before the show, with um, Robert Plant being voted the best male vocalist. Mick Jagger might not have that kind of Freddie Mercury deep projection, mm, mm. 
but the tone of his voice and in this all you hear is kind of love and beauty and vulnerability really comes across with his voice and the laid back part of you know that that beautiful acoustic guitar running through it it's just uh, yeah just fabulous but yeah yeah a lot of people think it's about Angie Bowie but reputedly about <laughs> about Keith's, uh, Keith's daughter yeah I was definitely in that camp as well <laughs> I mean let's take a look about how the band actually formed and, and, and got together 1962 as you say yeah and um they were originally called the Blues Boys, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Yeah, they were. And they were formed in a place called Dartford, which is about three miles from where I used to live, in a place called Swanley in Kent. Oh, so, OK. <laughs> so they're quite recognised there. And, um, yeah, so the first the first classic lineup was Jagger Richards, uh, Brian Jones, uh, Bill Wyman and Charlie Watts. And Brian Jones was a real instrumental part of the early part of the Stones. He was kind of a bit of a multi-instrumentalist, and he kind of really, really sort of put was pushing more the front man kind of aspect of the band with what he was doing their first gig was at the legendary marquee club in uh, in 1962 and they was back then they was playing a lot of covers because mm, they was yeah. heavily influenced by by blues and american blues music and it was their first manager that kind of said to them let's because their first album rolling stones was um primarily covers which uh, featured not fade away which again to today's yeah, is a yeah. wonderful track but around yeah. about 1963 it was like look, you've got a great following but start to write your own music yeah you need your own original yeah. stuff so that's kind of that weird. was andrew lug Oldham, right. i think yeah, yeah yeah that's right yeah that's right so that that's really where the jagger and richards kind of partnership was born and then from there they kind of was at forefront of the the the, the british invasion in 1964 and then the albums that followed from there were, were just absolutely sublime and their writing i mean songs like i say with satisfaction get off my cloud paint it black Jumping Jack Flash, Honky Tonk Women, you know, all of these albums within a couple of years, all of these hit songs was just was just something very, very special. One that you just mentioned there. the 60s sound then of of the stones there 1968 <laughs> this we've already had a song that was written about the daughter of, of uh, keith richards 
Gardener? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a wonderful story. So this was kind of back in the day when they was uh, they was writing. It was a really kind of greery day and Jagger and Ritters were together and... <laughs> Jagger heard this kind of sloshing sound. He said, what, what's that noise? And um, and it was the sloshing sound of the gardener and his boots coming up. And Keith Red said, oh, that's Jack. That's Jumping Jack. And Jagger turned around and said, Jumping Jack Flash. And then from there, they just started <laughs> coming up with the it. idea. And then, yeah, yeah, it's all about Jack Dyer. <laughs> Amazing. Um, six million, that one's um, turned out over the years. Jumping Jack Flash. going to come back we've got some more great music from uh, the rolling stones we're going to hear something as well from uh, the brand new album um how, how many albums are we down there do we know that was yeah that was their 31st studio album 31st studio <laughs> album we'll find out why it's called hackney diamonds as well from uh, the rolling stones you're listening to the uae's number one talk radio station this is the night shift on dubai i 103.8 
So from 1971, Sticky Fingers um, yeah. being the uh, album and Wild Horses. Uh, for some reason, I always think of Susan Ball. Uh, Susan, what was she called? Um, who won um, the uh, Britain's Got Talent? Susan, yeah, Boyle, Susan Boyle. Susan Boyle. Yeah. Who uh, went on TV and sung that and, and actually yeah. won the, the talent show. There, yeah, yeah, it's 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 one of my favourite Stones tracks. I think it's just the layers of guitars are just beautifully understated, beautifully emotive. Jagger sings with that slight kind of American drawl to it, and uh, interestingly, another one uh, Keith Richards wrote for someone else. This one, this time, <laughs> not his daughter, his son. No, this no, time, his son this it? time, Marlon. But they wrote it with Graham Parsons, and they did it as a demo, and it was actually first released in 1970 mm-hmm. by the Flying Burrito Brothers because they didn't think the demo was kind of strong enough to to go on one of their albums, and then they heard that version, kind of went. This is pretty good song, this actually. So, um, so they they took it, but uh, yeah, this is also one of the earlier ones because after Brian Jones uh, left the band, then they got a guy in called Mick Taylor. So he was with them for for two or three years, I think, and very much from a blues blues background, played on some great great songs. So this was on the first album, Sticky Fingers, that he played on, and um, yeah, there's just so many. I, I just love this because there's so many different guitar lines and textures going on. But the pace of it is just, it, it, it just kind of draws you into this wonderfully relaxed and you just kind of go yeah, into it at a different gorgeous, place. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Yes. Wild Horses then from uh, the Rolling Stones. Uh, we must give the mention as well to their logo. Probably the most famous, famous. band logo ever, isn't it? Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, the, the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, I think it's kind of almost got a life of its own. It has. It's, I mean, you see it, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit like um, Eddie with um, Iron Maiden. Maiden. Yeah. You know, you see it on T-shirts. Pretty much every other day you'll see a Rolling you Stones um, T-shirt, you know, and uh, it, they, they, sometimes they, they, they do them in different kind of uh, flags of the world where they've toured. Yeah. In fact, on the back of my shirt, I put my Voodoo Lounge shirt on specially uh, today to do Looks this. amazing. And, um, you know, that, that logo yeah. is... It's just so recognisable. Probably the most recognisable, I think, of, of any Stones I or of any be. band. Yeah, because a lot of them, and we, we've touched on this before about album covers and how iconic the album covers yeah. are, like Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd, you see that, you know what the record is. When you think of bands, there's not many bands that have just one item and you instantly know, right, that's the Stones. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's an incredible logo. Yeah. 
Miss you then. Uh, the Rolling Stones, just another one of the big hits. I'm just looking at a few stats um, of them. Um, three Grammy Awards. I would have thought they got 33, but three Grammy yeah. Awards. Um, a Lifetime Achievement Award, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1989 and the UK Music Hall of Fame in 2004. Billboard magazine and Rolling Stone have ranked the band as one of the greatest artists of all time. Of course, he's Sir Mick Jagger, knighted in 2003 for services to popular music. And they were on stage for the biggest ever rock concert. Yeah, that was uh, that was at Copacabana Beach in 2006. And that was to 1.5 million people. It's just just <laughs> incredible. And, and they were saying about like the, the delay, because they had to put so many sets of speakers, it literally ran for like a mile, <laughs> all really? of these speakers. It was like like a 30-second delay from when they played to the people right at the far end hearing it. And also, they are the oldest band to ever headline Glastonbury, the music festival, in 2013. At an average age of 68, they <laughs> delivered a legendary performance, proving their enduring energy and ability to rock any crowd regardless ah, no question I mean they'll still be doing that in their 80s they'll break their own record of that I'm, <laughs> I'm sure of it <laughs> So just last year on um, on the night shift, we uh, reviewed the uh, the brand new album from uh, the Rolling Stones. What, what mm. that's that number again? It's the what? It's the yeah, their thirty their thirty first studio album, thirty first yeah. studio album. <laughs> and uh, they were asked the guys um, why they called it Hackney Diamonds. It got called Hackney Diamonds because we I think we were between we were flinging ideas around for titles and we went from hit and run, smash and grab. And somehow, between that, we came up with Hackney Diamonds, which is like a variation of them both. And also, it's a London band, you know. It's like when you get your windscreen broken uh, on Saturday night in Hackney, all around. And, uh, and all the bits go on the street. Yeah, the shattered yeah. windscreen. That's, that's called Hackney Diamonds. Smash and grab. That's Hackney Diamonds. <laughs> that's Hackney Diamonds, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you get your windscreen smashed in a hackney and all the glass goes on the floor and that's a hackney diamond. And apparently, um, Eddie, who comes in uh, each and every week, drummer Eddie Parsons, has actually had that happen to him in hackney. (laughs) We're doing hackney, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, even the new album sounds as fresh as ever and uh, their uh, title track, Angry, it's just, it's rocking right from the start. You know, you watch the video and they're just... Wow, it's right in your face. It's, yeah. it's right in your face. It's it's pure stones, but with a slightly more almost modern edge because it's really, really up front. And I think part of the reason they wanted to do it is they'd they'd always played together, even when I mean this is eighteen years between albums since the last one, and obviously with uh, Charlie Watts passing, mm-hmm. they'd also had songs that they had recorded like demos and ideas. And I think just that passion was there, and it's like, well, we we've, we've got Charlie for one last time, you know. Yeah. So they they kind of started to record doing some songs. Songs and then they kind of went, well, actually, let's make an album out of it. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, the lead up to it, they was doing like window repair service uh, in like the Hackney Gazette and stuff like that. These tiny little lads as yeah. teasers and people were like, 
they got a new album coming out. Do you reckon it's called Hackney Diamonds? It was really clever. And then, and then the big reveal. Uh, the lead single from uh, Hackney Diamonds check out the album it really is good I mean I just asked you there Cal you know does mm. Keith Richards have any guys perhaps younger guys behind him you know doing some of the licks but you say no, no it's all him no it's, it's all him it's all him and I, I think he's got, he's got like quite quite bad arthritis as well but it just doesn't stop him playing and it's it just sounds to me it just sounds so powerful and it's kind of a natural progression of his sound you know especially yeah. when the first people to ever use distortion on Satisfaction that we yeah, played yeah. earlier on yeah, then yeah. The, the tone on this it's like right out front and in your face it's absolutely delicious he's a good Jack Sparrow's dad as well isn't <laughs> yeah, he yeah? Exactly. yeah exactly yeah he did inspire him and he was there yeah <laughs> Well, how can you be angry with uh, the Stones and with Kelfer uh, coming up with all those fabulous facts about the boys? 
Would you go and see him again? Oh, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, yeah, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. Oh, let's hope they, uh, they make it out to this part of the world again. I've never seen them and, um, and would absolutely love to. Cal, as always, great pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, the first one of 2014 and may it not be the last. Let's hope for many, many more as we take a look at classic music with guitarist Cal. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.